Christ is risen, he is risen indeed. Alleluia. Thank you for joining me for our service today, our second Sunday in the Easter season, our second Sunday of Easter. Our order of service is in our bulletins, and we're going to begin right now with hymn number 165, verses 1 to 7, O sons and daughters of the King. O sons and daughters of the King, whom heavenly hosts in glory sing, today the grave has lost its sting. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. On that first morning of the week, before the day began to break, the Marys went their Lord to seek. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. An angel bade their sorrow flee, for thus he spoke unto the three. Your Lord will go to Galilee. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. That night the apostles met in fear. Among them came their Lord most dear and said, Peace be unto you here. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. When Thomas afterwards had heard that Jesus had fulfilled his word, he doubted that it was the Lord. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. Thomas, behold my sight, said he, my hands, my feet, my body see, and doubt not but believe in me. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. No longer Thomas then denied, he saw the feet the hands, the side, you are my Lord and God, he cried. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. We worship in the name of God the Father who sent his Son into the world for us. In the name of God the Son who lived, died, and rose from the dead, as our champion over sin, and in the name of God the Holy Spirit, who calls us to faith in our risen Savior. Amen. And to confess our sins and to hear about our forgiveness, we use responsive readings from Romans that are in the bulletin. Sin entered the world through one man and death through sin. In this way, death came to all men because all sinned. The judgment followed one sin and brought condemnation. 
But the gift followed many trespasses and brought justification. The result of one trespass was condemnation for all men. The result of one act of righteousness was justification that brings life for all men. Just as through the disobedience of the one man the many were made sinners, so also through the obedience of the one man the many will be made righteous. Where sin increased, grace increased all the more. So that just as sin reigned in death, so also grace might reign through righteousness to bring eternal life through Jesus Christ. Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? We sing hymn 144, Christ is Arisen. Christ is arisen from the grave's dark prison. We now rejoice with gladness. Christ will end all sadness. Lord, have mercy. All our hopes were ended had Jesus not ascended from the grave triumphantly. For this, Lord Christ, our thanks shall be, Lord, have mercy. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. We now rejoice with gladness, Christ will end all sadness, Lord, have mercy. Now we hear of God's forgiveness again from Romans. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. God demonstrates his own love in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. If when we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son. How much more, having been reconciled, shall we, shall we be saved through his life? We were buried with him through baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. We know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. During the Easter season, our Old Testament reading becomes a scripture lesson from the book of Acts to give us some of the history of the early Christian church. Our scripture lesson today is from Acts chapter 2, verses 14 and 22 to 32, where the Apostle Peter on Pentecost is preaching about Christ's resurrection. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd. Men of Israel, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs 
which God did among you through him, as you yourselves know. This man was handed over to you by God's set purpose and foreknowledge, and you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death, because it was impossible for death to hold, keep its hold on him. David said about him, I saw the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will live in hope because you will not abandon me to the grave, nor will you let your Holy One see decay. You have made known to me the paths of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence. Brothers, I can tell you confidently that the patriarch David died and was buried, and his tomb is here to this day. But he was a prophet and knew that God had promised him on oath that he would place one of his descendants on his throne. Seeing what was ahead, he spoke of the resurrection of the Christ, that he was not abandoned to the grave, nor did his body see decay. God has raised this Jesus to life, and we are all witnesses of the fact. Alleluia, alleluia, Christ is risen, he is risen indeed, alleluia. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed, alleluia. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. Our gospel reading for today is from John chapter 20, verses 19 to 31. Jesus' appearance to his disciples on Easter Sunday and then one week later. On the evening of that first day of the week when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands inside. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone his sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now, Thomas, called Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe it. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my hands? Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Jesus did many other miraculous signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book, but 
These are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. We'll sing our next hymn, hymn 157, Jesus Christ is Risen Today. Jesus Christ is risen today, Alleluia. Our triumphant holy day, Alleluia. Who did once upon the cross, Alleluia, suffer to redeem our loss, praise then let us sing alleluia unto christ our heavenly king alleluia who endured the cross and grave alleluia sinners to redeem and save second Sunday of Easter is our epistle reading from 1 Peter chapter 1 verses 3 to 9. The Apostle Peter was inspired to write, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine and may result in praise, 
glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your soul. Let's bow our heads for prayer. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, who art our strength and our salvation. Amen. My dear fellow believers in our risen and victorious Savior, the headline read, Women, Winners Only Hope, a long life. And the article talked about this man who years ago he had won one and a quarter million dollars. One and a quarter million dollars. And the way he was supposed to receive that money is he was re supposed to receive 20 annual payments of $62,500. The problem was that the, the the man was 68 years old, 68 years old. And so he said, I just hope I live long enough to get them all. And now, as exciting as it was for that man to get more than a million dollars to win that wonderful prize, that's nothing compared to the prize the person wins when the Holy Spirit calls him to faith and makes him into a believing child of God. That's so much better. Material blessings, they have their place, but they're only temporal. They don't last forever. They cannot satisfy our deepest needs. And after all, they do end up having to be left behind when we'd end up dying. But the rewards of redemption, those are forever we don't have to fear not getting them all because they can be enjoyed for all eternity. We don't have to worry that we won't, as that man said, live long enough to get them all. We've got all eternity. All eternity. Therefore, this second Sunday of Easter, we can rejoice in our hope of a living Savior, which is a gold mine of joy, a gold mine of joy that lasts forever. It's joy in the riches of our living hope, it's joy in the comfort of our living hope, and it's joy in the goal of our living hope. Peter wrote this letter to Christians who are enduring hardships. And that, of course, means that this is a letter that applied to his first listeners and it still applies to us today. We're enduring hardships as well. We can expect hardships and troubles in this life. Now, the Apostle Paul said, we must go through many hardships to enter into the kingdom of God. So that's why Paul, Peter, rather, wants to give us our hope in the living Lord, this gold mine of joy. He wants to give us that because 
Well, he doesn't give us hope by saying that someday all of our earthly problems and troubles will go away. Actually, we can just expect them to continue, right? We live in a sinful world. We won't have a perfect life by earthly standards. Rather, we will have, though, the riches of this living hope in Christ Jesus. Peter said, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. We didn't deserve it, but God in his grace and mercy has caused us to be born again into his believing family, spiritually alive when he called us to faith, made us his believing children. You know, before we were called to faith, before we were called to faith, our sinful nature, we could say, was in the driver's seat, and it was driving us straight on a fast-paced course to eternal destruction. Now, by God's grace, our new man, that faith side of us, which we have be when, the, when, the, when God calls us believers, that's in the driver's seat. And the Holy Spirit is seated next to us, and he's our driving instructor. And as our driving instructor, he's working to guide us through the potholes and the detours along the path of this life that Satan and the unbelieving world put in our way trying to distract us away from the straight and narrow path that leads to heaven. Well, another of the riches of this living hope is, Peter says, an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. Perhaps we can better grasp this idea of an an inheritance, if we instead referred to it as retirement income. When we retire, what we'd like to do is have a retirement income that can never perish, spoil, or fade. That's what we'd like, but sad to see many people when they retire, they think they have enough to live on, but Maybe something happens to their investments. Maybe, maybe God blesses them with a longer life than they thought they'd live. And that inheritance, that retirement income per does perish, spoil, and fade. But that's the earthly retirement income. That in, what we're talking about is our retirement in heaven. And that's something that can never perish, spoil, or fade. It is a gold mine of joy. The riches of our living hope in Christ, they're something that are greater than we could ever imagine. And when through faith we come to recognize that, that the blessings we have in our Lord, that they are so great and so amazing, that'll motivate us to join the Apostle Paul in saying, but if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. We don't need all of earth's pleasures and treasures. We have Christ. He's our greatest treasure. He fills our greatest need. So what is the real lasting value of the riches of this world? Peter says that 
inheritance can never perish, spoil, or fade, that that is for us, he says, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. We're rich in hope, he's saying, because we're shielded by God's power until he takes us home to heaven. But what does it mean to be shielded? Maybe it reminds me of, oh, when I was back down in Alabama, there were the the Barrier Reef Islands, Alabama's Barrier Reef Islands, which separated, which were separated from the mainland by the intercoastal waterway on which barges would travel. But when a hurricane, when a severe storm like that would hit, what would happen is that that storm would first end up hitting those barrier islands and they would take the greater hit. And, well, then what would happen is that the storm would end up continuing on onto the mainland, but because the barrier islands took a good bit of the hit, that shielded the mainland from getting the real brunt of the storm. They still got hit. They still got hit, but they were shielded. Likewise, we are shielded. We can, we're going to face life's trials and troubles. There's no way around us. We live in a sin-filled world. And sometimes those trials and troubles can be really severe and really get to us. But the fact of the matter is, is that God has shielded us from the real effect that those problems and troubles could cause us so that with God's help, what we can do is we can keep on living for Christ as, his, as members of his believing family. Peter says, In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. Here he's saying that we Christians can always live in hope always live in hope and what comfort that is. We still may have trouble, oh, for example, paying bills. We may be plagued with grief at the loss of a loved one. We may be overwhelmed by personal disease or illnesses that we face. We can have our health problems. We can have just struggles in trying to do the work that we're supposed to do in this life. Peter says, though, these troubles have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may, prove, may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Now see, what Peter is revealing to us is that our Savior doesn't want us to just be fair-weather fans of him who think that he is the greatest, that our Savior is the greatest only when everything is coming up roses in this life. See, when there are problems and troubles, God still is the greatest. Jesus still is the greatest. And now, that's because in troubled times, we can always look to him for his help and his strength. Our Lord says, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. 
And see now, it's always important for us to realize that when we can see our own weakness, when we can see that we're not as tough as we often think we are, then we can see how strong and great and powerful our God is. Then we can see how strong and great and powerful He is. We can see how much we need Him and how much He's always there for us. What makes even the worst tragedies in this life bearable, though, of course, is that we know that life's trials and troubles are only temporary. For example, when a believing spouse dies, the one who is left behind, well, he can be filled with grief, and that grief can be very great. He can almost be crushed by that grief, but yet what he can always remember is that the separation is only temporary. If you're a believing child of God, if your spouse that passed away was a believing child of God, you're going to be reunited in heaven. There only will be that temporary separation. But see now, that's what hope believers can have. The unbeliever cannot have that hope. He cannot be comforted as we believers can be comforted. We can get through all of our problems and troubles because we have our Lord, because of the living hope that he gives to us. He's the one that's going to pull us through all of our troubles. As the Apostle Peter says, he'll shield us by God's power until the coming of Christ's salvation. After enduring some heartbreaking experiences, there was a spirit-filled missionary who was asked by a friend how he could remain cheerful despite everything that he had gone through. Well, the missionary replied, suppose someone sent me on a journey and told me I'd come first to a dangerous crossing over a river and then to a forest filled with wild beasts. I'd feel a sense of satisfaction when I did encounter those obstacles because they'd prove I was traveling the right road. The same is true for the Christian life. The Lord told his disciples to expect tribulation. When difficulties come, therefore, I find encouragement, for I know God is guiding me along the path that leads to heaven. Likewise, we can be comforted with our troubles because they do remind us that we're on the path, the right path that leads to heaven. Peter says, Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. This may remind us of Jesus' words to doubting Thomas in today's gospel reading. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. The faith the Holy Spirit gives to us is such a, a wonderful blessing because even though we haven't seen our risen Savior, through faith, you and I know that he arose. There's no question in our minds about that. And even now, because there's no question in our minds about that, 
Even now, we know, as Peter says here, we are receiving the goal of our faith, the salvation of our souls. Because of what Christ has done for us, we are receiving right now the goal of our hope in the living Savior, that gold mine of joy from God. Our eternal life in Christ has already begun. It began already with our baptism or, or whenever it was that the Lord called us to faith in Jesus the Savior. And now we're at faith, at peace with God. All of us probably have had those times when maybe we've hurt or harmed someone close to us. And after we did that, we just absolutely felt lousy until we knew that that person had ended up forgiving us. And when we knew we were forgiven, well, there was such a load that was taken off of us. Well, through Christ's death and resurrection, an even greater load has been taken off of us because when Jesus went to the cross, he took the whole load of my sins and your sins and the sins of the whole world and he took them off of our shoulders and put them onto his own shoulders. And how great that makes us feel to know that we're at peace with God. It troubles us to know that Jesus had to take those sins from us, but he did it for us so that we could have peace with God. We're headed to heaven, to that gold mine of joy. And what a, what a goal, what a goal that is, the goal of our living hope. Oh, are we spiritually near, nearsighted or farsighted? A spiritually nearsighted person, maybe we could define that person as someone who's looking to this life and its pleasures and treasures as the way to get his real happiness and his real fulfillment. Whereas the spiritually farsighted person, instead, he keeps his eyes on eternity, on that goal that is ahead. Through faith in Christ, we want to be spiritually farsighted. You know, as an athlete goes into training for his sport, he, he gets into the training because he's looking ahead to the regular season and to hopefully those, those championship games at the end of the season. And, and that's kind of how we as Christians need to look at this life. As the way through a sin-filled life to reach to our goal of heaven. So let's work on God's weight machines so that we can be built up and strengthened. And Well, God's weight machines, that's his word. That's his word. The sacraments, those are the things that build us up. Being together with fellow Christians, that's what builds us up. And let's be active in recruiting more and more souls into God's team, onto God's team, so that the the Holy Spirit can make our team, God's team, bigger and stronger. Well, imagine, again, that 68-year-old man that I told you about who had won that one and a quarter million dollar prize, who was told, okay, over 20 years, you'll get your million and a quarter. 
in those 20-some payments of $62,500. He, I don't know if he did end up getting his money, if he lived long enough to get it or not. Because of Easter, though, we have a hope, our hope in the living Savior, which is a gold mine of joy. We have something better than all of the earthly possessions we could ever have, earthly pleasures and treasures. We have something so wonderful. We have God's grace and love. And because of our God-given, God-word faith in Jesus, we're going to enjoy those blessings for all eternity. We're not going to miss out on anything. Like that 68-year-old man may have missed out on some of his million and a quarter. We're not going to miss out on anything. Our living hope, our hope in a, the living Savior, it means we have a gold mine of joy now and forever. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, shall keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Let's confess our faith with the second article and its meaning. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. What does this mean? I believe that Jesus Christ, true God, begotten of the Father from eternity and also true man, born of the Virgin Mary, is my Lord. He has redeemed me, a lost and condemned creature, purchased and won me from all sins, from death and from the power of the devil, not with gold or silver, but with his holy precious blood and with his innocent suffering and death. All this he did that I should be his own and live under him in his kingdom and serve him in everlasting righteousness, innocence, and blessedness, just as he has risen from death and lives and rules eternally. This is most certainly true. Let's pray. O risen Lord, you came to your disciples and took away their fears with your word of peace. Come to us by word and sacrament. Banish our fears with the comforting assurance of your abiding presence. We pray to you, O Christ, for you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. And in our prayers today, when we think of the people in our congregation with different trials and troubles, kind of added to you that you need to be praying for your pastor and, and for his wife, both of us dealing with different cancers, me having surgery coming up in a week. Ruth dealing with some skin cancer. We've got Deb Spitzley still dealing with heart and kidney issues. Paula, her leg issues. 
No, we got Jan Camp, who's a friend of Karen Ripley, dealing with cancer. We have Karen Plotz, who had hip replacement surgery this past Tuesday. We pray, Lord God, keep all of us in your loving care. Watch over us. If it's according to your will, grant healing. But especially keep on giving to all of us that hope in our living Savior. That hope in our living Savior, it pulls us away from the gloom and doom of Good Friday and puts us into the wonderful joy of Easter. Help us always to live in the joy of Easter, eh? even as we're faced with life's trials and troubles. And we gather up all of the prayers we have today as we join in praying. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And let's join in singing our prayer for our country. God bless America, land that I love. Stand beside her and guide her. Through the night with a light from above, from the mountains to the prairies to the oceans white with foam. God bless America, my home, sweet home. God bless America, my home, sweet home. Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. And we'll close with the final two verses of hymn 165. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet whose faith has constant been in life eternal they shall reign. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. On this most holy day of days, to God our hearts and voices raise in laud and jubilee and praise. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. Thank you for joining me for worship today, second Sunday of Easter. Just a couple of announcements to share with you. Today actually is my dad's birthday, 92 years old, 92 years young. Wednesday, Natasha Nelson has a birthday, and Friday, Ted Carpenter II and his twin sister, Taylor Carpenter, have birthdays. Tuesday and Wednesday this week, there is a spring pastors conference that's at Emmanuel Lutheran Church in South Lyon. 
I'm still trying to figure out if I'm for sure going to go to that or not with things that are going on in my life right now. Don't know for sure if I will be going. I've been encouraged to go because of the support and encouragement that I know I'll get from my fellow pastors. Anyway, that's our announcements for today. Again, thank you for joining me. The Lord bless and keep you always. Happy Easter. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah.